Father God, would you please now speak through my weak and foolish words, and would you show us the power of the risen Lord Jesus. Amen. Would you please be seated. The story is told of the drunk man walking home on a very, very dark night. It was very misty. There was no moon, and he's walking through a graveyard. As can be expected, because this is a story, he falls into a deep, open grave that had been dug for the next day. He tries to get out, but as he claws at the sides, soil falls on top of him. He's getting cold, and he begins to get scared. Unknown to him, at the other end of the grave, there is another man who has also fallen in and who has also tried unsuccessfully to get out. So as he once again tries desperately to jump and claw his way out, he hears a whispery hoarse voice coming from the other end of the grave through the thick swirling mist, which says, You'll never get out of here. But he did. <laughs> John had to go into the grave, into the tomb, before he saw and believed. Mary comes out, Mary comes and tells him that the stone has been removed. So he runs with Peter to the tomb, he gets there first and he looks in, and he sees the strips of linen. He's got all the evidence that he needs to know that Jesus has risen from the dead. The stone rolled away, the grave clothes, and the empty tomb. The evidence of the linen cloths, the grave clothes, is particularly significant. They tell us that the body could not have been stolen. Nobody would bother to unwrap those robes and those, those strips and steal a naked body. There was no point. And because the body had been anointed with spices, John has told us that already, it would have been almost impossible now to remove the strips of linen. But John doesn't get it. It's only when he goes into the tomb after Peter, that we are told, he saw and he believed. He believed who Jesus was. The Son of God, the one who has come from the heart of God to live among us and to give his life for us. He believed Jesus' words that whoever comes to him and receives his word will know the truth and will be set free and will have forgiveness and eternal life. And he believed that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. I don't know why he had to go into the tomb to get it. Maybe he had to put himself where Jesus was. Maybe as he crouched in the darkness where Jesus' body had, had lain, he looked at the door and saw the light flooding in. Maybe it was as he was in the silence of the tomb that he remembered Jesus' words. He hadn't understood them when Jesus first spoke them, but now they began to make sense. 
I will be arrested, crucified, and on the third day I will rise from the dead. But what we are told is that it is when John went into the tomb, he saw and he believed. Now it is significant that John speaks of himself not as John, but as the disciple who Jesus loved. When he describes himself in that way, he is actually describing any person who could be a follower of the Lord Jesus. Yes, he's speaking a fact, Jesus did love him. But when a person has chosen to follow the Lord Jesus, and when we read these words, we too can hear those words speaking to us, because you are the disciple who Jesus loved. And many of us are like John, we have heard rumours of a resurrection. We've heard that the stone was rolled away, the linen strips were left in the tomb, and that the body of Jesus was not there. But we haven't really got it because we're standing outside the empty tomb. We've got to go in if it's going to become real for us. It means that we need to be willing to die to ourselves. Often Easter is associated with baptism, and one of the meanings behind baptism is, as the per is that as the person goes under the water, or as the water is poured on them, so it's a picture of our death. We die to ourselves, to our hopes, ambitions and fears, our achievements and failures, our good works and our sins, our wealth and our poverty, our likes and our dislikes, our hatreds, resentments and prejudices, our self-condemnation and our feeble attempts at self-justification. And in our baptism it all died. We died. We went into the tomb with Jesus. We were laid on the sarcophagus with Jesus. Do you not know, says Paul, that all of us who were baptised into Christ were baptised into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may live a new life. Maybe we hope that the resurrection is true. We hope that when we die, it's not the end. We hope that when those who we love die, it's not the end. But it is a vague hope. And it's not the sort of hope that will make us change the way that we're living now. That's because we're standing outside the tomb. And even if we've been baptised, we haven't been actually willing to die ourselves. We haven't knelt down and crawled into the tomb. Do you notice how it says that Mary had to bend down to look into the tomb? We haven't yet been willing to die to ourselves so that we can come alive to the Lord Jesus. One of the things that I find as a pastor is that it's often when people discover they're in the tomb that they begin to seek Jesus and they find the resurrected Jesus. I hear the stories of people who have had near-death experiences, who have been brought back to life, who are convinced that Jesus is alive, and who have dedicated their lives to him. 
I know of people who have been locked in prison and they've met with the risen Jesus. They've discovered his forgiveness or his strength, his offer of a new life, hope, a future. In one of my previous churches in London, we ran a centre for asylum seekers. We supported people who had fled from terrible ordeals, some of whom had been quite significant in their former country. And now they were nobody, nothing in a foreign country. All the things they had depended on had been stripped away from them. And we had the joy of seeing several of them meet with the risen Lord Jesus. And when people come here from overseas, or when people from here go and live overseas, we can often find ourselves alone and helpless in a world that is very different, and the things and the people which we have relied on are not here. And many of us begin to seek Jesus and meet with him. There will, of course, be the particular tombs, tombs in our minds and memories that we are not able to go into, things that are just too scary or too painful or too dark. That's okay. But maybe there will come a time when we need to be willing to crawl into those tombs, into those dark and fearful places on our knees because we need to seek Jesus. We don't have to go in on our own, we can go there with another person. But we know that we need to revisit that place. And as we begin to crawl into the darkness, we discover two things. That Jesus was there. He was there at that time. And that there is a way out. Jesus has conquered death and is alive. Gregory of Nazianzus, one of the early theologians of the church, wrote a little poem. Be a Peter or a John. Hasten, hurry to the tomb. Run together, run against one another. Compete in the noble race. And even if you're beaten in speed, win the victory of showing who wants it more not just by looking into the tomb, but by going in. One last thing. Mary didn't go into the tomb, but Mary doesn't need to, because for Mary, she was already in the tomb. It was dark. She comes in the morning when it was dark. She had lost the person who gave her life direction and meaning. The Greek word that is translated in our Bible as weeping could actually be translated as heaving. She was sobbing. Her heart was broken. She might as well have been dead and in the tomb. But it was her grief and confusion that made her desperately seek Jesus. She runs to Peter and John and tells them, we don't know where they've put him. She says to the angels, I don't know where they've put him. And she's so distraught that she cannot see or recognize Jesus, but thinks that he's the gardener and says, where have you put him? And what is interesting is although she thought that she had utterly lost him, as she seeks him, 
He has been there all the time. She's looking into the tomb. But if she turned round, she would find Jesus outside the tomb. And it is then that she hears the risen Jesus speak to her. He calls her by name. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Amen.